everybody, welcome back to the Going Live Podcast. It is your host, Max Going, and today we are discussing some fantasy baseball and a lot of it. A lot of it. We got a, a week's worth almost to catch up on, so we were not very we were not able to produce the podcast the way we wanted to last week due to some some scheduling conflicts, but we're back. Don't worry. We are back. And we have a lot of information for y'all. So we got five segments for you to pick and choose from. And uh, we'll start with, uh, well, actually, we'll just list them off real quick. We got the buy low, sell high, or let go segment. That is brand new. That'll be fun. To start starters, prospects that you can rely on. The, the stardom, sit baseball edition. And uh, we'll start with, the, with, with this segment, but... To finalize the list, injury bugs, and the waiver claims that you can potentially salvage it with. So, a lot of fantasy baseball to talk about. Of course, uh, fantasy football, we talked about that yesterday. Kickers and all that good stuff. So, if you haven't checked that out, go ahead and check that out. It is on all major platforms. As always, we're always on all major platforms, and we're soon to be on YouTube. So if you haven't followed us on YouTube or subscribe, see, y'all are not you're not gonna follow me on YouTube if I don't get the lingo right. If you can, you please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We will subscribe back to y'all if you do want that. And uh, yeah, a lot of good content for you guys on the YouTube channel coming very soon. Big announcement as well next week, and. Let's get right to it, shall we? What's happening now in the world of sports? And there is a lot happening right now. Of course, first and foremost, the NBA playoffs has officially begun. And first games underway in the bubble. Cannot wait. Ooh, cannot wait. The first round is going to be so much fun to watch. So uh, we got four games, I believe is it is today, with the Clippers and the Mavericks capping it off at 7.30. John Jones, some big UFC news. John Jones vacating the light heavyweight title and then tweeting, saying, hey, look, talk to the UFC. Negotiations aren't going to be budged. Um, aren't going to be budged? That's not a, that's not a phrase. Um, they're not going to be budging on any of the negotiations for the contract salary, I'm assuming as well as the pay-per-view percentage. So John Jones said, hey, look, you know, hopefully in the near future we can negotiate and um, – it would make more sense for me to come back. Then, hours later, maybe maybe minutes later, uh, he tweets, UFC and I have had a positive conversation about negotiations and uh, to expect him very soon in the heavyweight division. So he, he vacates the light heavyweight championship, and I think that's it. I think that is the last time that we will see John Jones as a light heavyweight fighter ever again. And uh, what a run it's been. What a run it's been. So first, we we thought he was retiring. And then, you know, this show is about to start with, look, we, we lose John Jones and DC in the same weekend to retirement. And he comes back and says, wait a minute. We've had conversations. Everything's okay. So it looks like he'll be he'll adding, adding that muscle mass that he needs, just like his two NFL brothers and uh, fighting at heavyweight. And so it does two things. It now gives one more serious contender at the heavyweight division to deal with Francis, to deal with Stipe, 
You lose DC. Now you include John Jones. It's boom, right back to that same big three that we were always discussing beforehand. How look, the heavyweight division, there's three main stars, three of the best in the world, and it's kind of a big drop off after that. So nothing changes. Even though DC retires, we got John Jones sliding right in. Now that also does something for the light heavyweight division as well. Obviously, because there's no belt, this has not been an official announcement, but the rumor is John, Jan Blaschewitz, Dom Reyes, UFC 253. I'm assuming it's going to be for the light heavyweight belt now because these rumors were, uh, were stir, uh, stirring before the announcement that he was vacating. So I'm assuming it had some sort of timeline look, look timeline that looks like this. Dana said, hey, we need a light heavyweight fight, a title fight. We'll get Dom, we'll get Jan, John, what's the deal? Vacates, okay, perfect. Let's make this the light heavyweight title fight. That's what I think is going to happen. UFC 253. So, big waves in the uh, in the big boy category for the UFC. A lot of big big eyes. A lot of a lot of a lot of eyes on the big names for the heavyweight division. Does Jones fight Stipe? Does Jones fight Francis? Does Stipe fight Francis? And then Jones gets the winner. That's what I think is going to happen, and I'm all I'm all I'm all ears. I cannot wait for that to, to unfold. So UFC shaken up on an off day, but that is uh that's just what we like. Um Gerald McCoy, Dallas Cowboys quad rupture. He is done for the season. He signed a three year, eighteen million dollar contract in the offseason. Unfortunately, he will not be participating in his first year of that deal. Uh, the Cincinnati Reds have seemed have seemed to have avoided a COVID breakout after a few positive tests, suspension, and then eventually cancellations of their games in Pittsburgh. And as of right now, Monday Monday about noonish, uh, they are scheduled to play Kansas City. They did load the team plane already and have uh, made their way to Kansas City. So I'm assuming that all is good on that front, which is very good news because I don't think the MLB could afford another breakout. I really don't. Um, the Cardinals missed a lot of games, and if you have a central team as well missing a lot of games, you know, you're only playing teams in the central, so it affects every single team in the central. So this is uh, real good news for Cincinnati and, and, and the rest of the MLB. So let's get on some injury news real quick before we get uh, started with our schedule programming. Uh, Andre Shechikov out of the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, he got tangled up in front of the net, twisted the ankle in a way that didn't look very normal. He is ruled out for Game 4 as of right now. Uh, Evgeny Malkin had an elbow surgery during his offseason. He should be good to go for opening day. And um, Zach Collins, Portland Trailblazers starting power forward, will miss game one due to an ankle injury. So that not what the Portland Trailblazers need going into game one against the Lakers. And that's it. That's it for the news. Let's get into our scheduled programming, as I just said 20 seconds ago. We're talking some fancy baseball. And Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, we're back on the train 
It is Monday, and we have a lot to talk about. I'm assuming this episode is going to reach into two parts because the first two segments are going to take at least 20 minutes, and that is good. That is a good thing because we are here to discuss, and if you are in the middle middle of your pack, middle of the standings, you need a boost, you need something to change your season around, stay tuned. we got a lot of good stuff for you, so... The first thing that you have to know about what happened over the weekend is every single player seemed to get injured. (laughs) And a lot of trips to the IL, a lot of people left games, and it is going to shake up the fantasy world. So we are going to go over every single injury that happened over the weekend. And I apologize if it sounds like a rant or a list, but... It's important. First and foremost, the biggest name out of them all, Ronald Acuna Jr., finds himself on the 10-day IL. And uh, if the you know Nick Markakis is back, which will be a nice, nice replacement for the 10 days, if you really need someone to take over that spot. Framil Reyes of the Cleveland Indians, he left the game after being hit by a pitch after going three for four with a pair of home runs. You hate to see it. Eyes on him to see. If he lands on the IL as well. CJ Cron of the Detroit Tigers. His season is unfortunately done after having knee surgery. He was heating up as well. He had a good opening weekend, of course, against the Reds. And has played decently since until, of course, getting injured. So, not really the biggest fantasy impact. But he's done. Jordan Alvarez. And here is... uh, Talk about frustrating. Talk about frustrating. Jordan Alvarez, first and foremost, he gets COVID. So he was quarantined away from the team, away from the sites for at least, you know, however long it took him. Then he gets back. He's he's getting back from the knee injury. He's hitting the ball well in the minor league camp and spring training. And dude, things are going well, and he is, you know, a big part of that offense, and he gets to the major league finally after a month of rehabilitating and getting getting healthy. And two days into his stint at the major league level, he is scratched with knee soreness, and um, it is no secret anymore his knee problem is serious, and it could be lingering. And it could be a career thing and not just a 2020 season thing. So for your your dynasty leagues out there, you really want to take that in consideration. If you can, for whatever the reason, sell him high and get something equal in return, I would highly recommend it. Um, I'm not saying sell. You know, I'm not saying just dump him, just fire sale. No, that's not, you know, that's not a very smart idea. But... Definitely have to understand that his knee issue is real and it is going to affect his fantasy value going forward. Uh, This season, ADP of like the fourth round and I was in two leagues where he fell all the way to the 12th and 13th round and even then he was taken on an auto draft. So a lot of people staying away from Jordan Alvarez this season and this is the exact reason why. Um... Scratched before game is never a good sign, especially with the lingering injury like he does with the knee. Uh, if I could replace him with anyone, it would obviously be his teammate Josh Reddick. 
he is 80% owned. So I'm going to go down this injury list, and I'll have a few a few names that are going to be teammate replacements that you could potentially, potentially use, but they are all pretty high in percentage. So at the end, we'll, we'll be going over the waiver claims in the deeper leagues in, you know, because these guys are, are low in percentage. I'm talking 30, 30% and lower. Um, so we'll go over all that. Uh, but, yeah, Josh Reddick, 80% owned. He's hitting pretty well. He's in the, the, the lineup daily regardless of the, the, the Michael Brantley injury, which I'm about to announce. He lands himself on the IL as well with a quad injury. So Jordan Alvarez and Michael Brantley are on the uh, – well, not both on the IL, but potentially could both be on the IL. Josh Reddick, 80% owned. If you could snag him for the 20% of leagues that he is a free agent, I would. I just did in a mixed league, in a 12-team mixed league. So, you know, even though he's 80% owned, he could still be he still could be out there. Uh, Josh Donaldson, I don't know. They don't know. I don't know. He doesn't know. I stashed him away on an IL spot, but Josh Donaldson's timetable has not even been set yet. So, not looking good. And the, the the good news with Donaldson is they're winning games. The Twins are winning games, and, you know, it's not a situation where they'll just uh, shut him down. You know, they'll probably want to work him back for the playoff push. And uh, so, he is worth keeping him at least stashed on an IL spot for now. Oh, and this is the part of the show where I just, I smile. I just smile through the whole thing as Giancarlo Stanton, DJ LeMayhew, and Aaron Judge all land on the IL. And unlike Stanton and LeMayhew, Judge says he is ready to go back very soon. So he says he feels 100% already, and he is ready to play as soon as possible. Stan and LeMahieu, on the other hand, I don't mean to laugh at injuries because it's, you know, that's not that's not nice. But it's just two to three weeks. It's just two to three weeks. They'll be fine. They'll get over it. They get paid millions of dollars. And it's just unfortunate that the Yankees have their best players get get injured every year. I laugh. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm a bad person. But uh, two to three weeks for Stan with a hamstring and two to three weeks for DJ LeMahieu with a left thumb injury. So... The Yankees do have some options to replace them, Mike Talkman being one of them, and uh, a few more that we'll discuss later on in the show. Gene Segura, he would he left the game with a hamstring injury as well, and you know didn't land on the IL, so no need to panic just yet. But just in case, um, Scott Kingery is an option, 41% owned. Uh, he's hitting not very well, so just keep that in mind. He also is not eligible for shortstop, so he's eligible for everything else, but not a direct replacement for Segura at short. But I would give it a shot. I would t- I would check it out because he is eligible in five positions or three five positions, uh, three positions, and usually when you leave a game with a hamstring, it's either pulled. Or, or potentially worse. I'm, I'm not assuming it's going to be any more, anything more than a strain or a pull. But Scott Kingery, 41%. Tommy Pham, it does sound like his season is over. Broken hand, hit by a pitch. At first they put him on the IL, 10-day IL. Now it's starting to sound like a four- to six-week thing. And four to six weeks, unfortunately, the season is a 
season-ending injury. And even if they do make it far in playoffs, um, you know that six-week mark. You're talking, um, you know, it's August seventeenth, so he would have to be in the playoffs, and that's not fantasy relevant. So I would say Tommy Pham is droppable, and uh, he is done for the year. Francisco Mejia staying on the West Coast, staying with the Padres, of course. Uh, he's on the IL 10-day with a thumb injury. His replacement, Austin Hedges, I would not use. <laughs> Strikes out too much. Batting average is too low. I would... I, I would we have a couple ideas. We have a couple ideas. Um, we'll just we'll break into it. We'll, we'll break in right now. We'll break into it right now. The guys that you could potentially use for a guy like Mejia being on the IL. That's Pedro Servino. Sixty-four uh, percent owned, but he's hitting 30, 33, six runs, five home runs, eighteen RBIs, and even has a stolen base. He's the number two catcher in a standard format for most leagues. And um, he's on Baltimore, so he's not very popular. That could be a guy that you could potentially replace Mejia with. So, catcher, Austin Hedges is not a good option. Definitely go with a guy who is second in fantasy instead. Kirby Yates. Oh, man, you hate to see it. Elbow injury. And whenever you hear these words... He is heading to Texas. Well, not the heading to Texas part, but he's heading to Texas to see a second opinion. That is never. Honestly, I've been watching baseball a very long time, and I've never seen them go to a second opinion. And go, actually, that first expert, that is a world-class expert, he's so wrong. He has no idea what he's talking about. And uh, my diagnosis is 100% different. Doesn't usually work like that. I'm assuming Kirby Yates is going to be done for the season. They've already replaced. They have to, but they've already replaced the ke- the closing role in San Diego with Drew Pomeranz. He is 67% owned, and don't be fooled. Don't be fooled by the potential track record that Drew Pomeranz brings to the table. Because you might remember him as a starter. Uh, he is not a starter anymore. Okay, he has starting starting pitcher eligibility. He's a SPARP, as they say, in the fantasy world, starting pitcher and relief pitcher eligible. Eligible, um, but he is no longer a starter. He is a reliever, and he is a very good reliever. Four saves so far, ten strikeouts, zero 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 on the ERA, and a point five two WHIP. So. Very good numbers for Drew Pomeranz. Kirby Yates looks like he is done for the season, if, even if he isn't done for the season. If Drew Pomeranz is pitching like this, I wouldn't expect them to rush Kirby Yates back with an elbow injury. It just does not, uh, that, that, that doesn't make any sense at all. 31 years old for Kirby Yates. 33 years old, excuse me, and rushing back a split finger fastball throwing guy with elbow issue it just uh i mean he has and he also has bone chips so a whole lot going on there drew pomeranz is a really good option uh, if you need saves because the, the the saves carousel has been rotating a lot this season 
I'm expecting, barring any injury, Drew Pomeranz to not lose that spot. So that's a that's a uh, a good good option for you if you need to replace Kirby Yates, and he just happens to be the guy replacing him on the same team. All right, Bo Bichette, sprained knee, also looking for a second opinion. With knees, I don't know what that means. Just going to be 100% honest. It's a sprained knee. He's going to see a second opinion. He's not going to be back, I'm assuming, this week. Um, keep an eye on that one as well. He's been hitting the ball very hard and very well and making me eat my words in terms of his ADP for the draft season. 60 was um, probably perfect because he is hitting very well. Steven Strasburg, 10-day IL, and honestly, he hasn't pitched in a while. I think this is just a re-up on the IL. Uh, says he has carpal tunnel. Not good. Not good for the right hand. Um, so, yeah, he lands back on the 10-day IL as well. And that's it. That was a lot. That was almost 10 minutes worth of people injured. That was just this weekend. That was just... This weekend, I didn't even include people who got injured on Friday. That was literally just Saturday and Sunday. So now let's move on to some people that you potentially want to replace them with. And these are guys that are just a lot, a lot deeper in terms of their percentage owner, or their ownership percentage. Uh, it's going to be a lot lower and a lot more relevant in deep leagues. So we'll start off with the Yankee, who. I mentioned we'll mention him later in the show. That is Clint Frazier, a guy who you can replace DJ or Stan with, as he is also dual eligible, I believe, at second base and outfield. I could be wrong on that, but uh, he's hitting the cover off the ball, and he's been hitting the cover off the ball. And even last year, you talk to Yankee fans, they say, look, this is the guy who could be the sleeper. A lot of Yankee fans think that he has a great potential in pinstripes. And look, with the way Aaron Hicks has been playing, I don't expect Clint Frazier to just be a flash in the pan in terms of in the starting lineup. He's hitting 533 with eight RBIs, two home runs, and three runs. Until that slows down, he's going to be in the starting nine every single night. And at uh, 45% owned, I expect that to jump up as he's been <laughs> he's been added 42% uh, of those times in the last three days. So his ownership is. Jump, jump, jumping. I'm expecting it to be in the 80% range very soon. Brandon Nimmo. Here's a guy who is not hitting very well. 34% owned New York Mets outfielder. But look, if you need specific categories, he is 16. Or I'm sorry, he is 13th in runs with 16. So Brandon Nimmo, New York Mets, not playing good baseball. He's not hitting very well. He's hitting 230. I will admit it. But if you need those runs, that's an option for you out there. Cole Calhoun. Here's a guy who is not getting that much love because he's doing what he does every single season, and he gives you three of the five categories you need. Yes, he's also hitting 237. 13 runs, six home runs, 17 RBIs. Um, you know, that is okay. That is okay. For 49% owned, that is a very decent option going forward. And you talk about the RBI factor. He's tied for 15th with the guy that I'm about to talk about, and that's Stephen Piscotty. Um, but both these guys, Cole Calhoun and Stephen Piscotty, can drive in the ball. 
uh, and driving the runs as well. 11% owned for Steven Biscotti. 10 RBIs in the last four games. He is he seems to be heating up. He's got two two grand slams, I believe, last last week at least. Um, 11% owned. So uh, he's he's uh, he's out there. He is definitely available for you if you need. And man, I mean he he's been struggling this season, but man, last few days. He's been on fire, and that's what the A's do. That's what the A's do. They play good baseball. They play team baseball. Stephen Biscotti is a perfect fit. Rio Ruiz, the Baltimore Orioles, 10% owned because he's on Baltimore. He's hitting 246, nine runs, six home runs, 12 RBIs, and a stolen base. Uh, hey, uh, I mean, that's not that's nothing to laugh at. Um, I under I get it. I I I get it. It's Ryu Ruiz, and I don't expect this to continue <laughs> much longer, but here's the thing about 2020, people. Third base is a pretty thin position. He's 26 years old. He's a young guy. You never know what can happen going forward, and, you know, hey, he's probably available out there, 10% owned in all leagues. Now we'll move on to some pitching because the pitcher's it has been a real crapshoot, <laughs> to say the least. A real, real crapshoot. And uh, David Peterson, the New York Mets have been the epitome of the pitching carousel between their bullpen and their starting pitchers and their injuries and all that, all that stuff. One guy who has not, you know, been shaken from this whole thing is David Peterson. Twenty-three percent owned. He is three and one, seventeen strikeouts, two point nine one ERA. And a 1.15 whip. Plus, he is a two-start starter this week at Miami tomorrow and the Yankees. So, obviously, I won't recommend him pitching against the Yankees. But against the Marlins, if you're pitching well, I guess it's still a good matchup regardless of how good they are lately. You just have to trust your gut on that one. Um, because it's David Peterson. You really don't have that big of a track record to go off of. But Miami is starting to come back to earth a little bit. Zach Davies. Zach Davies, 50% owned. He is 2-2, two two, 18 strikeouts, 2.78 ERA, and a .84 whip. He goes against Texas and Houston. And with Brantley and Alvarez on the shelf, I would probably take the chance if I had to, if I needed Zach Davies in my lineup, if I need you know, wins or ERA or whip. You have to take the chance here. You have to take the chance and start them both times this week, even though hot Houston days, you know, anything can happen with that ball. I would take the chance. Justice Sheffield, I'm not advocating picking him up, but what he's done the last two starts, I think are just worthy enough to at least mention. Um, Not Jordan Sheffield, Justice Sheffield, Seattle Mariners, he is 9% owned. I'm assuming you could find him if you needed. But his last two outings, six-inning pitch in both of those. Um, against Colorado, four hits, no earned, no walks, seven strikeouts. And then at Houston, six hits, one earned, one walk, and four strikeouts. So um, 4 one ERA and a one whip on, on the season. So nothing to really be excited about, especially being in Seattle. But... Uh, keep an eye on it. Put him on your watch list 
Anything can happen there. Spencer Turnbull of the Detroit Tigers, another guy who is maybe benefiting from the uh, large park that he plays in, but 57% owned, two uh, two wins on the season, 21 strikeouts, 2.78 ERA, and a 1.24 whip. If you give those statistics to any other player in the whole league, he's probably more owned than 57%. So uh, Spencer Turnbull, definitely on my watch list as well. Pablo Lopez, he's a guy who I've already added in both my leagues that he is available in. 28% owned, 2-1, and one, 19 strikeouts, 2-2-5 two, two, ERA, and a one one three whip. The, those numbers are just too good to say no and too good to, to speculate on it being I- illegitimate because if you saw him pitch last week, whew, he was putting it wherever he wanted, and you know he had some... In 2019, he had a little bit of momentum in terms of being a prospect. They had so many prospects in that lineup that anything could have happened. Um, and Pablo Lopez just ten, you know, he just stuck around, and he's, he's proven that he is one of those guys that should be uh, one of the five people to start. I don't know why it took me so long to say that, but, um, yeah, that's it, though. That is it. So those are some guys, some waiver claim options that you can look into that are potentially going to save your season. Because if you're in dead last, I hate to break it to you, but it's not too late. Don't give up just yet. It is just 30% of the season's over. There's still there's two, still two-thirds of the season to be played. And, you know, I understand it's a little bit... If you have a bunch of Cardinals, if you have a bunch of Reds, I, I get it. I definitely understand sucks because it's probably not going to be made up those games are just going to be left out in the air but hey that is exactly what you signed up for for covid 2020 fantasy baseball so those are some guys out there you can potentially need and you can potentially get so let's move on but not yet that's it i ran out of time that's part one part two is coming right after this ends so you'll hear this and if you let it, this part right here, uh, play out right here, and then you let it stop. We're there. We're next. See you soon.